Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Welcome back, everyone, to the PA the FI Way podcast. I'm your host, Kat, and thank you so much for joining me for the show today. This episode will be airing on the eve of Christmas Eve on December 23rd, and I want to wish you all a wonderful Christmas and New Year and any other holiday that you are celebrating this time of year. I hope you are able to enjoy some rest in this busy holiday season. Maybe you'll have some time off of work as well as enjoy your precious time with your family or your friends or whoever you are able to spend time with. For Christmas Eve, we go over to my husband Brian's side of the family, so we are really looking forward to that. And then on Christmas Day, we're going to be spending with my family as well. For next week's episode on December 30th, that will be the final episode of the year for this podcast, but it's also the 100th episode. I'm really excited because at the end of the year, I love to curate an episode where I help to celebrate listener wins that they've had with their finances or with their jobs as PAs or other healthcare workers, or with wins in treating or preventing burnout or prioritizing their mental health. So if you are listening to this episode on December 23rd, when it airs, by the end of the day today, if you'd like to share your story please reach out to me by sending me a DM over on Instagram at PA the FI way or through Facebook if you follow along in the Facebook group for PA the FI way or you can send an email to PA the FI way at gmail.com. No matter what your win is for the year, no matter if it seems small to you or you feel like you've done a list of really cool things in 2022, I'd love to hear from you. So please reach out to share your story. As many of you know, I recently switched from a W-2 role over to a 1099 role as an independent contractor for a private practice mental health clinic working as a telepsychiatry PA with them. And I've learned many things with this job change, but I want to review with you for today's show some of the pros and cons of having a W-2 position as an employee versus a 1089 position as an independent contractor as a PA or other healthcare professional. Back in episodes 58 and 59, I had Caroline on and she shared what it's like to work as a locum tenens PA and she has had several 1089 positions as a locum tenens PA. So if you haven't already taken a listen to those episodes, those are really good episodes and Caroline was such a fun guest to have on the show. But let's compare and contrast these types of positions for PAs and other healthcare professionals. So let's start with W-2 positions. If you have a W-2 position, that means that you are considered an employee of a company 
and you are either paid a salary or an hourly rate, or sometimes you're paid based on production, based on RVUs, or sometimes you might have a base salary with bonuses based on RVUs. But as a W-2 employee, you typically have regular pay. And that means that you typically receive regular paychecks, and that can provide a sense of stability as well as predictability for your finances and your income. When I was in family medicine, I was paid as a W-2 employee, but I was paid solely on production based on RVUs. So technically, my paychecks weren't super predictable in the sense that if you averaged out the year, I wasn't receiving the same amount of money regularly every two weeks. But how they helped provide stability was that you would pick a low baseline draw, meaning you'd pick what you wanted your paychecks to be and be kind of conservative. And then every quarter, they would pay that excess in bonuses. So I did have a sense of stability, even when I was paid based on only RVUs as production as a W-2 employee. But many PA roles will be paid as either hourly or salary, depending upon your specialty, your state, the type of practice you work with, those types of things. Another pro for having a W-2 position is the employee benefits. And employee benefits through your company can be very helpful. They could be things such as health insurance. You can often get a pretty good rate on health insurance, even though it can seem like health insurance in general can be somewhat of a ripoff nowadays. You can get a retirement plan through your employer, such as a 401k, 457b, etc., And with those retirement plans, often they have an employer match where they will match some of the money that you'll put into that too. You can also have a benefit such as things like a small life insurance policy, dental insurance, and another big one for a lot of people is paid time off. And I think paid time off is wonderful because it's really important that you take time off of work to help protect your mental health and be able to participate in self-care things, travel, visit friends and family, or see new parts of the world or country. Another pro for having a W-2 position is job security. Many W-2 employees can have more job security than independent contractors because, again, they're with a company that hired them to be an employee for them. And they're also often protected under employment laws, and things like that as employees. Another pro for having a W-2 position is unemployment benefits. So depending upon your role and your workplace, you could be eligible for unemployment benefits if you lose your job due to things like layoffs or reasons beyond your control. Although that is not always the case, depending upon your state or what the circumstances were if you do lose your job. So now that we have reviewed the pros of a W-2 position, let's discuss the cons. So the first con is that you have limited control over your work schedule. As a W-2 employee, you often have less control, less autonomy over your work schedule, and you may be required to pick up certain shifts or work specific hours or specific days or holidays even. You could potentially even have the requirement of that you have to be on call. Another con for a W-2 position is to have limited ability to negotiate your pay. 
W-2 employees could have less flexibility to negotiate their pay or benefits compared to independent contractors. However, this certainly is not always the case. It depends upon the type of healthcare system you work for, and it depends upon your negotiation abilities and confidence when you are trying to negotiate as well. There are some organizations that simply won't budge on negotiation, and if that's the case, you'll have to decide if staying there is a good fit for you or not. And then there are others that won't necessarily offer you more of a raise or other benefits unless you specifically ask for them. But if you are a PA with a large healthcare organization, often they say, well, this is just what we do for all PAs in your role. So you may be lumped together with other colleagues and they may say they can't budge or have favoritism for one over the other by giving you different requests for your negotiation. Again, there can be a lot more give than what they initially imply that they truly have. So you definitely want to try to discuss and speak up for yourself and negotiate when you can. W-2 employees have another con in that they have limited tax deductions. So you often can't claim many tax deductions on your income because you are an employee instead of running your own business. This can result in a higher overall tax liability. I talked about taxes for PAs in episodes 8 and episode 60. So if you haven't taken a listen to those, go ahead and do so to learn about how you could potentially help with lowering some of your taxes as a PA. Another con of having a W-2 position is having limited control over your job duties. You might have limited control over the different tasks you are assigned and how you need to complete them. For example, as a PA, they may tell you that you have only so many few precious minutes to actually do an office visit, or they have to see so many patients in a day, or put other requirements upon how you do your job. And ultimately, you have to decide if the care of the patient suffers or not with the demands that they're putting on you. Again, if you feel like that's the case, definitely speak up and discuss your concerns or how you can compromise with your employer to reach an agreement that you both feel comfortable and that benefits each of you. So we've talked about the pros and cons of having a W-2 position, and now let's discuss the pros and cons of having a 1099 position as an independent contractor. So the first pro is flexibility. I think also the word autonomy can be used here too, because as a 1099 worker, you have more control over your work schedule, and you can often choose your role and what you will see, what you won't see. And that was definitely a huge change that I noticed when switching over to a 1099 role. And with 1099 roles, I want to point out as a side note that there's something called the IRS 20-factor test that you can look up. And this will show you different points that need to be met with a 1099 role to have it actually serve as a true 1099 role versus a W-2 role. And what I have heard from other PAs is that they will be in what is viewed as a 1099 role between themselves and their workplace, but the workplace is requiring a lot of demands and stipulations about their schedule or their hours, their appointment lengths, et cetera, where they truly aren't being treated as a 1099 independent contractor. And that can be a huge red flag for the IRS 
And often they could get into a lot of trouble with the IRS for those types of things. And the workplace can have to owe a lot of taxes because they hadn't been paying taxes on that worker over the past several years. So just be really cautious of the 1099 roles that you are seeing out there. For my role, for example, they asked me what days I wanted to work, my hours within the days, and my appointment lengths that I wanted for new patients as well as follow-up visits. So I had a ton of autonomy, which again, I wasn't used to, but I absolutely love. Another pro for having a 1089 position is tax deductions. So as a 1099 worker, you can often claim a wider range of tax deductions on your income, which can reduce your overall tax liability. And I've mentioned this before, but when you have a 1089 position, you have a business entity. And for a lot of PAs and healthcare professionals, it's an LLC. You definitely want to discuss with your tax professional which type of business entity would be best for you in your tax situation and potentially even consult with a CFP, a certified financial planner, if needed to. But as a business owner, when you are a 1099 independent contractor, you are both the business owner and the employee. So you're an employer and the employee in that type of role. But since you are a business owner, you often have a lot of business write-offs and tax deductions. For example, things like mileage, home office, if you work from home as I do, sometimes things like utility bills, like your internet, potentially cell phone, potentially technology like laptop. These types of things could help lower your overall taxes, but you definitely need to discuss with your tax professional about all of those details because I am certainly not a tax professional. And you want to make sure that you are getting your taxes as low as possible, but in a completely legal and accurate way. Another pro for having a 1099 role is that you are self-employed, as I mentioned too. So when you are self-employed, you could potentially earn more money depending upon your role and your contract and relationship that you have with your workplace. Or if you wanted to, you can often have more than one role. So technically, as a 1099 independent contractor, you wouldn't really have a non-compete because you don't work for them as an employee, right? So you theoretically could have two or even three 1099 roles if that's what you would choose to do. Another pro for having a 1099 role is that you can open a solo 401k as a business owner. And solo 401ks have their benefits in that you can select where you want to have your 401k through. You can select the types of investments within your 401k. I hope that all my listeners have done this, but it's very likely that many of you have not yet. But if you are a W-2 employee and have had the chance to look into the different types of investment options that you actually have through your 401k, through your workplace, Sometimes those are actually very limited, or sometimes they have a wide variety of options, but a lot of them could actually have higher fees than what you're wanting to pay. Well, if you open a solo 401k, you can pick the types of index funds that you want to invest in, and you can pick ones that have low fees. Another benefit of a solo 401k is that you can contribute a lot of money through them because you can contribute as both the employer and the employee when you are a 1099 independent contractor and have your own business entity. 
So having a solo 401k can be a huge catalyst to reaching financial independence earlier than a traditional 401k if that's the option that you would like to go. So let's discuss some of the cons of being a 1089 independent contractor. The first is that there are no employee benefits. Because you are not an employee, you are not typically eligible for any benefits like health insurance, retirement plans through your workplace. Again, you can open up your own retirement plans like a solo 401k, Roth IRA, etc. Or you also don't have a benefit of paid time off in many roles. That can often mean, though, that, again, you have more flexibility and autonomy with your schedule where you could take whatever time off you technically want because you set your own schedule for many 1099 roles. Now, with Caroline, she was working in locum tenens positions. So locum tenens positions often hire you for several weeks to maybe a few months to help fulfill a need that they have for a missing provider during that time. And with those types of roles, I can't imagine that they would be okay with you taking the majority of the time there off, right? So you definitely need to work out a mutual agreement between you and the workplace. Another con of a 1089 role is no job security. Because you're not considered an employee, depending upon your contract and the need that the workplace has, you theoretically could not have as much job security as a W-2 employee. Another con is that you have to pay self-employment taxes. And this is because with your paycheck, you don't actually have taxes withheld as you normally would with a W-2 position. So usually at the end of the year, you have to help make up for that. However, you also have a lot of deductions, so that helps offset that where often you can actually have a lower tax liability than you would in a W-2 position. Another con is limited legal protections. So since you're not an employee, you wouldn't have unemployment benefits or things like that through the workplace. Additionally, under this umbrella of legal protection, you often are responsible of obtaining your own malpractice insurance because that can be viewed as a benefit that would only be offered to W-2 employees instead of 1099 independent contractors. At the same time, since that's a business expense, that can also help a little bit with your taxes too, but it is a cost that you are usually responsible for. So as you can see, there are several different pros and cons of both having a W-2 position as well as a 1099 position as a PA. Whichever route is best for you depends upon your individual circumstances, your household situation as well, and your financial goals. For example, if you have a large family and you are the sole earner in the family, the benefits and security of a W-2 position may be more attractive to you than perhaps some of the uncertainty of a 1099 position. Many PAs that I'm aware of that used to be W-2 employees and have switched to 1099 independent contractors have really enjoyed the change and some of them have even said they would never go back to a W-2 position as well. So I think that this just highlights another benefit of our profession in that we can try so many different types of roles within our careers as PAs or even other healthcare professionals out there too. I truly love the flexibility and variety that comes with being a PA. 
And I've enjoyed trying the different types of compensation models that I've had over the years, as well as the different roles that I've had too. I hope that this episode was helpful. I think that this information is really good to know for a lot of people out there. I don't think we're taught a lot of this information as PAs or new grads. And then in the future, I hope to provide some more updates about my job change, as well as the different steps that had to be taken or the different things that had to get set up for the job change as well. If you have any questions or just want to say hi, definitely please reach out to me through social media or through sending me an email as well. And I wish you the best of the rest of the holiday season. And I'll see you back here next week. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way. Please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on, but more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.